TII, item 350, June 5th, 2015. WWDC 2015 keynote rumors. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Gullah! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of whom I am. This episode of Today in iOS is brought to you by Harry's.com, where you can use promo code TII to save $5 off your first order. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is the Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Stuart for sending in the music you hear in the background. Stuart wrote, Hi Rob, I created an entire album via iOS. The album is called Burst, and you can find it at redskylullaby.com slash album slash burst. Apps I used to create this album included, and well, go back and listen to episode 349 for that long list of apps. Today's song is called Midnight Drive. Regards, Stuart from Red Sky Lullaby. Well, thanks, Stuart, for sending in the music. And folks, I will put the full song at the end of the episode. Also want to thank Tony for sending in the artwork for today's show. Tony said the following. Hi, Rob. This was made on my iPad Air using Nostalgio, Photo Studio, Kaleidocam, and Title Fix. See more of my artwork at Tone, T-O-N-E-R-I-N-S-F So Toner, T-O-N-E-R, insf.tumblr.com regards tony p well tony thanks for sending in this artwork and folks you can see tony's artwork in the free tii app via the bonus button for episode 350 or at instagram.com slash today in ios and also as a standalone post in the vip section at facebook.com slash today in ios if you have some artwork and or music you have created on your ios device that you would like to share with the audience please email it to me at today in ios at gmail.com please make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. In this segment of How Wrong Were They, we have the following quote. Quote, Nothing from the iPad specs that I've seen really shows any great cause for celebration, unless Apple has developed some new type of power source, such as nuclear cells or magical hamsters or tiny spinning wheels for the iPad. Don't expect the claims about battery life to hold true. Unquote. John Breeden, the second government computer news 28th january 2010 the tech press has always underestimated the importance and power of designing both the hardware and software and designing them to work together nope no magical hamsters just hardware and software that works really well together because they were designed together just saying hey promo giveaway time yes we have promo codes this week we have promo codes for a couple of apps the first app is the app Purge with two R's. Here is the review from the dev. Hey Rob, thanks for the chance to share my iOS app Purge with you and your listeners. Purge, uh, that's Purge with two R's, allows you to quickly and easily delete photos from your camera roll. I decided to build Purge because I was constantly running out of space on my iPhone and needed a fast way to free up space. Apple's native photos app only allows for one by one picture deleting and I wanted a way to quickly bulk delete photos. With Purge, you can delete photos individually in a Tinder-like manner, flicking up to delete, or you can bulk delete in a grid view by dragging your finger across a row to select multiple photos in one go. It even has a Nifty Today extension so you can see at a glance how many photos are in your camera roll. It's been highly touted by both users and tech journalists. 
to name a few, CNET, The Next Web, Wired, and Product Hunt have featured it. So, um, hope you enjoy it. Happy purging. Thanks to Brandon for his review of his app, Purge, and cute little sound effect there at the end. And also, thanks, Brandon, for sending in the promo codes to give away. Folks, if you would like a chance for a promo code for this app, send an email to todayinios at gmail.com and put Purge, that's P-U-R-R-G-E, in the subject line. The second app we have promo codes for is the app Best Sleep Time, three words. Here is the written review from the dev. Quote, Best Sleep Time is a simple but useful app to help you optimize your sleep. The main goal of the app is to inform you either of when you should wake up, if you check the app as you're going to bed, or remind you with a notification when you should go to bed if you need to wake up at a specific time. The application computes the most appropriate sleep cycles and displays it either in the app or on the notification center screen or on your Apple Watch. The app is not an alarm kind of app, nor a sleep tracker. It's really to help you get the best sleep possible so you can wake up properly rested rather than waking up in the middle of a sleep cycle. The application was created initially for personal need after a shoulder surgery where sleeping at night was difficult. After some internet searches and understanding sleep latency and sleep cycles, the Best Sleep Time app was created. I hope your listeners will enjoy version one of Best Sleep Time available in the health and fitness category for $1.99, unquote. Thanks, Stephen, for sending in his written review of his app, Best Sleep Time, and for sending in the promo codes giveaway. Folks, if you would like a chance for a promo code for this app, send an email to todayinios at gmail.com and put Best Sleep Time, three words, in the subject line. As always, just send in one email for one specific app. If you send in multiple emails or ask for multiple apps in a single email, then, well, no soup for you. A quick reminder, if you're an app dev or an iBook author, email me if you want your app or iBook featured in the promo giveaway segment. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com and please include a 60-second or less audio review of your app or iBook indicating you are the dev or author. Also, when sending in the promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. And if English is not your native language and you still want to get in here, just do what Stefan did and send me in the written review. Thanks to Myron Euchre for the heads up on this next one, which is that HomeKit devices have started shipping. There was a rumor recently that I mentioned that said Apple was pushing out the launch of HomeKit, and then Apple responded and said, uh, no, no, we're not, and that products would be available in June. And we are in June, and yep, products, or, or product, is already available, or at least, well, some are announced. Some of the early items are... Ecobee, E-C-O-B-E-E, which is a wireless thermostat priced at $249. Okay, well, it's not available now. It starts shipping July 7th with pre-orders on June 23rd. There is also Elgato, which has four different products under their Eve brand. There is Eve Room at $80, which measures room air quality, temperature, and humidity. There is Eve Weather, which measures air pressure, temp, and humidity for $50. There is Eve Door, which checks the status of a door. Is it open or is it closed? And what time the states had changed for $40. And there is Eve Energy, which measures electric usage and allows you to switch on and off an outlet. That will be $50. You can pre-order them today and they'll be shipping in July iHome has a new product that they announced, the ISP5 smart plug. 
Great name, guys. Which is a smart outlet plug, which you can turn off and on via HomeKit. There is one I saw that was announced and is shipping now, and that is Lutron. It is from their Cassetta Wireless Lighting Starter Kit. It's priced at $230. allows you to control many lights in your house. The big deal about HomeKit is that it makes things very Siri-friendly. So you can just say to Siri, turn off my lights, and Siri is going to turn off all the lights that you have connected. And with Lutron, they also have an Apple Watch app for controlling things. And I would expect some talk about HomeKit at WWDC. Probably not too much, but some. Hello, Rob. It's uh, Tom from New York. I just want to give you a heads up regarding the uh, police officer uh, observing you know, the person on the Apple Watch. But I don't know whether or not that case is true, but uh, I am a police officer, and I can tell you that I can very easily see people on their phones, whether it be uh, a handheld device or touching their phones, very easily from my vehicle. And a lot of people don't even realize that uh, a police officer is right next to them. So, yes, I would be able to see a person having his wrist up and touching his Apple Watch. Each uh, state has different laws regarding what a handheld device is. If that story is true, uh, you don't have to have a uh, you know, whole vision to see this. It's very easy, especially during the day. Thank you. Take care, everybody. Tom, thanks for the feedback. Hadn't thought about the fact that the police officer could pull up next to him and the person wasn't paying attention, didn't realize there was a police officer next to him, and was spotted that way. I was thinking that the police officer was behind him. But either way, something about the story still didn't sit right with me. Maybe it was because it was just from a single source. It would have been nice to have seen a secondary source, but all the articles about it reference back to one article. So who knows? But either way, thank you, Tom, for that perspective, and I should have thought about it a little bit differently. All right, per what some of you guys wanted for iOS 9, and women, uh, from Chris, from our Google Plus community, I would love to see the ability to share calendars and pictures and voice memos easier between non-iOS users. My example would be when texting an iOS user, you have the camera and microphone at the bottom of the screen, you can either hold the button down and quickly send a selfie or a voice memo to anyone with an iOS device. There have been numerous times I go to do either uh, and send a selfie or voice memo to someone that's not on an iOS, and I can't. Chris, I think you're going to be waiting. Myron Euchre on that post said he wants to see split screen on the iPad or otherwise having two apps running at the same time. So would I. Brendan Finnerty, or I'm sorry, Brendan, if I killed your last name there, uh, has this for his wish list. Split screen for iPad and iPhone 6 Plus. New Apple search engine, iSearch designed for mobile. Improvement in Siri with proactive option, you know, make suggestions or offer different directions due to traffic or remind you of an appointments. A new UI and improvements to iMessage a new dynamic wallpaper or wallpapers, Apple Watch-like app arrangement option for the iPhone and iPad. Ooh, I don't want that one. It's hard enough to manage it. Imagine having 600 apps you'd have to manage like that. Ooh. And stability and security improvements. Well, I definitely am behind that one. Uh, into the email bag we go on this. Hi, Rob. In iOS 9, I would like the introduction of having to enter a passcode or use touch ID to turn off your device as what use is 
find my iPhone if a thief can turn just turn the device off to avoid tracking, regards Steve in Brisbane. Steve, yeah, I would love to see that one as well. It would be nice that you have to put in a passcode to turn off the device or use your thumbprint. I mean, it's so easy now with Touch ID. And the whole issue of find my iPhone when people turn it off, it kind of defeats it. So, yeah, 100% behind you on that. I would love to see them add that feature. Hi, this is Karen from Seattle. You were just asking on your podcast what we'd like to see in iOS 9. And my big um, wish is for delete all in email. Instead of deleting individually, how about we just do the emails that we want to read and then touch something and delete all the crap. That would be so great. Love your show. Thanks for all you do. Have a great day. Bye. Karen, yes, 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 yes. I would love to see that feature in there. Email management on the iOS devices is difficult at best when you want to get rid of a lot of junk emails. So, yeah, I would love to see some better management and deletion, especially bulk deletion, where where you could just do a search, where you could search for a certain term and then find everything that comes on that term and delete everything off of that search term. That, to me, would be great, because I could say, okay, find everything off of this one email subject, and now I can delete them all out. So, yes, better email delete in bulk would be a great feature to see in iOS 9. We are now well over 2,000 members on our Google Plus community and growing. Thanks to everyone that has joined, and thanks for the great posts. One new post in the Google Plus community that went up since the last episode came out was from Stephanie Flaherty, who wrote the following, quote, My friend dropped her iPhone 5S while trying to put on a more protective case. Very ironic. It seems to still work. Does anyone have any suggestions of a place she can send it to to get the screen replaced? Thank you in advance for any advice. Both photos show the broken screen. Unquote. And yikes. Yeah, she posted it up. It's not good. One of the replies was from Ken Ostrander. Asked uh, where she was located and that Staples in the U.S. can do it for $100. Did not realize that. Dave Trainman suggested taking it to the Apple Store and telling them the story and that the irony of it might get Apple to replace it for free. Daniel Sol warned against just any local shop. Yes, definitely check online to see what people are saying about your local repair store before bringing it there. But first, I would take it to the local Apple store and see what they say and how much they will charge. Typically, they are higher than most, but at least you get a point of reference when looking at any local people. And of course, it does matter how close you are to an Apple store. You don't want to take it two hours just for price check. You can also Google repair iPhone screens near me, which is likely to land you on the site iCracked.com, which has a network of repair centers around the country. And there is also Batteries Plus as well. Again, the first step really should be take it to the Apple Store, see what they will charge, then get pricing at some other locations locally and make a call from there. Since the last episode, there were also dozens and dozens of other new posts in the TII Google Plus community, I think I know too many eyes there, which is an Android boys free zone and a spammer free zone. Yep, it is the most civil Google Plus community covering iOS. Folks, go to todayinios.com slash community to join in. And thanks to all 2,000 plus of you already in the community and contributing. 
I also put up a question in the Google Plus community, which I'm going to ask here as well. I had a listener asking about an app that their IT department made them install called AirWatch. Don't, don't confuse this with the Apple Watch. It has nothing to do with that. Seems like it is acting like a man in the middle and monitoring anything they type in the message app as it's causing the message app just to be very laggy and very buggy. Does anyone have any experience with the AirWatch app, any IT folks or people that had to use it, and know of any tips for fixing the laggy response when an iMessage app? Right now, the best that this person's been able to do is use the dictate option and dictate into the, the message, and that actually lets them get messages created quicker because when they try to type, it just freezes up and locks. So again, if anyone has been forced to use the AirWatch app or is an IT department and forced their employees to use it and knows of a fix for the lagginess in messages, please give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. One of our local news stations compared four razors, Harry's being one of them. Harry's came in first. Here's the link uh, that if you want to share the video with your listeners regards Mitchell. Well, thanks, Mitchell, for the link. And I want to thank Harry's for sponsoring this episode. If you go to harrys.com, that's H-A-R-R-Y-S.com, and use promo code TII, you'll save $5 on your first order. Is an ugly tie or some less than inspiring gift in the future of some dad that you know? Well, then it's Harry's to the rescue. They have a special limited edition Father's Day kit. The kit includes a chrome Winston razor handle, three blades, and Harry's shaving cream, plus a brand new razor stand. Harry's limited edition Father's Day set comes in a sleek box with a customizable card, and you can go the extra mile this year and engrave both the razor and the razor stand. This giftable set is shipped directly to your door or his. You have heard me talk many times about Harry's, and I truly am 100% a full-fledged Harry's customer. This is my blade, nothing else. And they really are the best blades out there, just like the video Mitchell sent in showed. And that quality is not an accident. Harry's purchased a German factory that made precision blades, and they're making them now in-house in that factory. They have the control that they need for the quality. They offer a close, comfortable shave with each blade lasting well over a month for me. Our dads taught us quite a bit growing up. Now is a chance to teach them something, that there is a better shave possible. Plus, did I mention, this really kicks the crap out of an ugly tie or some mail-order steaks. Go to harrys.com now, and Harry's will give you $5 off your Father's Day set with the promo code TII. That's right, just in time for Father's Day, Harry is, is giving listeners to TII $5 off the Father's Day purchase with the promo code TII. Order by June 17th to get your set in time for Father's Day. Order by June 11th for ground shipping. So hurry, act now, go to Harry's, H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com and enter coupon code TII at checkout for $5 off. Harry's, a shave good enough to give. Thanks Harry's for sponsoring this show. I mentioned on the last episode that WWDC keynote would be this coming Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, and Apple has also now confirmed it will be live streamed again, and it'll be available at apple.com/live. 
make sure you are on an Apple device. If you want to watch this on a Mac, use Safari, same on an iOS device, or you can watch on Apple TV via the WWDC channel that was recently added. If you want to post live while the event is going on, the posts for episode 350 will be pinned to the top of the Google Plus community. Put your comments in there live as the keynote unfolds. I'll be watching it and use some or many of those comments in episode 351. So again, to join the Google Plus community, go to todayinios.com slash community and request to join. Note, I heavily moderate it and I reject more than half of those that request to join. Many are spammers or Android fanboys. You can email me todayinios at gmail.com after you put in your request. It lets me know you are someone that should be accepted. And if you've applied to join prior to this episode and have not been accepted, email me as well because everyone was either accepted or rejected prior to the recording of this episode. One sneak peek of what likely will be announced at WWDC is the long-awaited mass transit info for Apple Maps. And I say sneak peek because it seems Apple Maps in China now offers mass transit info and from reports, pretty accurate transit info but only when you actually get on mainland China. Daniel Aaron Dilger from Apple Insider showed some screenshots of Apple Maps for Kulon section of Hong Kong, one when he was there in Kulon, and once he, another one when he was on mainland China. And it was very different with much more detailed information when looking at the location of Kulon from the mainland. So I think a safe box on the bingo card is one for mass transit info for Apple Maps, at least for some major metro areas to start. It might not be everywhere, but I want to guess, you know, New York, San Francisco, Chicago, L.A., some major metro areas to start in the U.S. and probably uh, London, Berlin, and some other major cities in, in Europe. One thing that many have been rumoring about for months now is that Apple will be announcing a music streaming service something to compete with Spotify and Pandora, and it looks like it'll be a $10 a month unlimited on-demand service and will be announced at WWDC if the latest rumors hold true. Internally, it is rumored to be called Apple Music. Sure, Apple Records has no issues at all with that name. It looks like the next-gen version of the Beats streaming service, so you know they've taken that and updated it, and rumor has it there will also be an app for Android as well, which there was already a Beats streaming service app for Android. So basically, this is the fruition of the whole Beats mer or acquisition. Well, that and the whole 250,000 or so recalled units of the Beats pill that can cause a fire hazard and burn down your house. But we won't talk about that. Another hot and heavy rumor making the rounds is that Apple will be previewing an Apple Watch dev kit for native Apple Watch apps. Actually, this rumor was backed up by comments from Apple Operations Chief Jeff Williams, who said new development would allow games to run on the watch and give direct access to sensors to said native apps. What Williams did not say is how many Apple Watches were sold, just that the demand has been fantastic. If Tim Cook does not give specific numbers per Apple Watches sold to the devs when rolling out the dev kit, yikes, that would not be good. So let's hope Tim gives specific numbers. If not, look for Apple stock price to take a hit, maybe even a big one. It should be pointed out that 
a dev kit now means most likely we will not see an update to the Apple Watch OS to support the native apps until the fall. So that lag and delay you get now whenever you're launching third-party non-native apps, yeah, that'll be with you for a few more months at least. One item a few listeners asked for is a split-screen mode coming from the iPad where you can work on two apps at once. Yes, this is already available on other platforms for tablets. Rumor is this is also to support the larger iPad Maxi, the 12 or 12.9-inch iPad, depending on who you believe. That has been expected for some time now. And this feature will be key for that device, but will be available for all iPads as soon as the beta is out there. What is not really being addressed is if the iPhone 6 Plus will support split screen as well, or will the iPad mini be the cutoff point? I would guess the iPad mini is the cutoff point. That way, if I guess that that way and I'm wrong, I'll still be happy that the iPhone 6 Plus was included. But if I say iPhone 6 Plus is going to be the cutoff point and it'll be included and I'm wrong, then I'll be wrong and sad. So yes, iPad mini is the cutoff point. But that's one of those rumors I really think is going to come because Apple really needs that feature to support on the enterprise side. So be very surprised if that one is not checked off on the bingo card. It is doubtful, as in 99.999% doubtful, Apple will announce a new iPad at the event. With that said, it's probably not going to come out until the fall. The new larger iPad, beyond having split screen, will also supposedly, according to latest rumors, support multiple users. Additionally, the new larger iPad will also come with USB support, likely with both a lightning port and a USB-C port, so two different ports. Again, not something to be announced next week at the WWDC keynote, but the split screen, uh, to make it worthwhile, that should be announced at the keynote. One rumor that my son is really hoping is true is that iOS 9 will support the iPhone 4S, and more importantly, be optimized for the older devices to make them seem snappier than they are today running iOS 8. So essentially, iOS 9 would be optimized for devices running on an A5 series processor. The products that run on a version of the A5 are the iPhone 4S, the iPad 2, Apple TV 3rd Gen, iPod Touch 5th Gen, and iPad Mini 1st Gen. So you have five devices, some still available for sale now. So I guess it does make sense for iOS 9 to support A5 series chips, but expect this to be the last update for those devices that they're going to get. They're very unlikely that iOS 10 is going to support the A5. And if Apple can optimize the iOS 9 to run better on those devices than iOS 8 is running, that will be a great bonus for users of those devices. Some other rumors while we are here, and I look at the bingo card, uh, are, well, the announcement of iOS 9 beta for devs. I guess there is the old Apple TV apps, app store announcement um, box in the bingo card. Yeah, that one's been there for a few years. An announcement of expanded Siri features, but that is like saying the sky is blue, as the announcement each time has kind of had expanded series features. This time, things to look for are expanded reach and control of apps like Calendar and Passbook and Spotlight Search. We should then mention the traditional greater than 200 new features for iOS 9 slide that Apple threw up there and saying, hey, there's over 200 new features. 
And it would be great if Apple finally announced access to some of those private APIs that their apps can use, but nobody else can. Yes, that's an old box on the bingo card and likely will be back again and again and again because Apple doesn't seem to want to let everybody play with all their toys. One rumor about iOS 9 is that it will pick up the same font that you see on the Apple Watch for use on iOS devices. This would be to replace Helvetica New that Apple's uh, been using for quite a couple of years now since they went to iOS 7 and it will replace it with Apple's own font that they created and that's used on the Apple Watch. Don't expect an official announcement about this, but expect some eagle-eyed folks to pick out any change in the font during the keynote slides. It's also being rumored that iOS 9 should include support for Force Touch, as it is a very safe bet all iOS devices that are going to be announced this year will support Force Touch, so Apple might as well say it and let the devs start developing for it now with iOS 9. Come on, Apple, it's not like no one knows it's coming. Another rumor is Apple will announce with Apple Pay a rewards program. This is something current C currently has, and Apple does not. And if Apple was to add this rewards program to Apple Pay, well, lights out for currency. A new app for HomeKit could be announced for those with an Apple Watch. Think of a version of the Apple Watch app, but for HomeKit. There are rumors out there about a new feature called Trusted Wi-Fi, and it would likely be for both iOS and OS X and would let your iOS devices or Mac automatically connect to routers that are safe and trustworthy. But for public locations, it would have a more in-depth encrypted connection. In the message app, you will now be able to pick and choose who gets to see when you read a message. Right now, it's an all or nothing option for read receipts. This would allow you to let your wife know when you read a message, but not your boss or vice versa. One thing I have said about iOS 9 to me that was more important than anything else is that it be more stable and more efficient. And there are now rumors coming out that a good part of the pitch of iOS 9 in the keynote will be exactly that. It is a more refined OS than iOS 8 and iOS 7 were, and iOS devices will run better on it, maybe even some improved battery life. One thing I was probably most certain about for WWDC six months ago was that there would be a new Apple TV announced. And now in the 11th hour, all indications are nope, no new Apple TV and no announcement of Apple offering streaming TV bundles. Uh, We had recently been talking about uh, the new remote as that being the only question mark. But now it looks like a new Apple TV and any bundle services are being pushed out to some future unknown date. And that also means, once again, no announcement for an Apple Store app or an App Store for the Apple TV and no dev kit for Apple TV. It seems Apple wants to wait on the next-gen Apple TV launch until they get all their ducks in a row. And by ducks, we mean content partners. And in a row, we mean out from under the pressure of cable operators. We know already about the HBO Now, and it's rumored that Showtime will be announcing a similar offering, but for most of the rest of the TV content creators, no such luck in getting their offerings into bundles or the a la carte offerings that Apple supposedly wants. And that means no new Apple TV, no Apple TV dev kit, no Apple TV app store, and no new Apple TV anything at WWDC. 
if those rumors are true. Again, those are the latest rumors here that are in the 11th hour just before WWDC comes. Some other Apple TV rumors before the 11th hour were about the next-gen Apple TV being launched and supporting Apple Watch for control. This just as recently as mid-May, where it was being said there would be the major update and it would support control from Apple Watch directly. At this point, uh, the pessimist in me is leaning heavily in favor of the no new Apple TV news for the most part camp, which is, wow, how many years can Apple disappoint at WWDC with regards to Apple TV? Someday, I tell you, someday there will be a new Apple TV, just not likely at this point to be June 8th, 2015. If there is any announcement or mentions of Apple TV at WWDC, it is likely going to be around Apple TV being the hub for HomeKit. What does that mean? Well, I guess I will be able to better explain it come episode 351 because rumors around the specifics are slim at best. A couple of sites are reporting an iPod Touch 6 Gen rumor possibility. Yes, a long shot, but what the hey. If Apple TV was pushed out, maybe this was pulled in, and it would go nicely with an announcement about Apple Music or whatever the music streaming service is going to be called. Maybe even something with the next-gen iPod Touch where you can preload certain music from select playlists into the iPod Touch for playback when offline in the next X number of days or hours, all via the new Apple Music service or whatever it's called. After all, Apple eventually has to replace the iPod Touch, I mean, with a newer device, with a more modern processor. It's been a while. And now does seem like as good a time as any for that announcement. One feature that could be announced is not the type of feature jailbreakers want to hear about. And it could be about added security per getting access to root files. Or as 9to5Mac called it, rootless which is essentially a roundabout way of saying it will be much, much harder to jailbreak an iOS device. I don't want to say impossible, as never underestimate the jailbreak devs out there, but it may mean it takes much longer to come up with a jailbreak solution. Another rumor is about Apple adding password locking to individual apps where you use Touch ID to unlock them. Oh wait, never mind. That was just me wishing for that feature. Psych! And going over all these rumors, I had one more box to fill in on the bingo card, which, by the way, you can see in the TII app as a bonus episode or post just prior to this episode. So look for that, and I will also put it up as bonus content um, for this episode as well as a PDF. So two places to find it in are in the TII app as a post and then as bonus content for episode 350 and on a blog post over at todayinios.com. Anyway, for that last box, I really thought about what was likely to be announced that has not been rumored, has not been hinted at by other folks out there, but makes sense based on Apple's history. And for that last item, I, I put it in the box. Now, it's my guess, my speculation, not based on rumors. And well, if you want to see what that is, you need to go to the bingo card, and it's the fourth box on the top row between expanded Siri features and no new Apple TV. Yes, yes, I did just do that. Hey, if you have the TII app, it's easy enough to see. Anyway, we can talk about 
all of the items in the bingo card on episode 351, which will be out with any luck late in the evening on June 8th. Once I get really, you know, able to absorb all that was announced that day and was not announced and any surprises, I like surprises. And I just want to warn you, there's probably going to be some background noise for a thunderstorm that's rolling through here, and I just can't delay recording. i got to get this done. By the way, for those of you that are vision impaired, use voiceover. If you look at the blog post that I did, that's the one right before episode 351, I did break out each bingo card box in plain text so you can read it with voiceover. Speaking of surprised and developer conferences... Google just had their dev conference for Android, and the takeaway was basically, meh. A bunch of copy iOS features were announced. There was fingerprint security support, a Google Pay system, which basically scraps Google Wallet and tries to clone what Apple Pay is now. Uh, Good luck pulling that one off with all the different hardware out there and so few supporting fingerprint scanners. Nightmare. Google also announced a security feature where apps now have to ask permission before getting access to the camera or the mic or contacts, and the users have to agree to that access. Hey, Google, iOS 3 is calling, and they would like their feature back. Anyway, from the different posts I read on it, both sides of the aisle, so to speak, the reactions were more meh to uh. Anyway, Biggest feature or biggest new feature was now on tap, which seems to be Google's way of driving people from native apps back to web services or to spy, um, I mean, to check in on what apps they're, they're using and what they're doing in those apps. The best post I read was one that basically said, at the Google Dev Conference, Google showed Apple the bar and then set it on the floor. Come on, Google, you have to do something to push Apple. Rob Gunner from Chicago. You know, I'll tell you what I'd like to have on an Apple TV. Um, I'm not calling this prediction, just what I'd like. I'd like to see HDMI input to go into the Apple TV. So you can just take your cable box, plug it into the Apple TV. Take your PlayStation, plug it into the Apple TV. And then what that does is that kind of eliminates the need for an actual Apple television. You sell a lot more units, but it will turn your television into a smart TV, kind of like the Apple TV already does. But that's what I'd like to see. We'll find out uh, next Monday. Hold my breath on that one. But thanks, Rob, for everything. Have a beautiful Bye. Hi, Rob. Per the caller in the medical field who wanted to know if there is a way to delay the screen going off while using the timer on the Apple Watch, I find myself in the same position while counting respiratory or pulse rates at work. And the way I get around it is having activated the activate in wrist raise button, set the screen to return to previous activity, and then drop your wrist and then raise it every few seconds to check how far the timer has gone. I find this takes you back to your timer. Alternately, alternatively, if you use the chronograph watch face, then all you have to do is raise your wrist every now and again to see the timer and you can incorporate as one of the comp- of the complications of the watch face. Tosin O, doctor. Well, Tosin, thank you for uh, that feedback. Hi, Rob. Here is a link to an app called Since I that might be helpful too. I believe it was Dana who called on the last podcast. She was looking for something to keep track of how long it had been since an event and would allow her to include photos. 
This app was featured on Apps Gone Free a few days ago. I haven't tried it, but I remember reading about it. Regards, Janine. Well, thanks, Janine, for the link on that one. Again, that, that app is called Since I, and there'll be a link to that in the show notes. Hi, Rob. A caller asked for a way to remember things like how long a couch lasted or something. I used Last Time app for a ton of things. Last time I changed the air filter or changed the electric toothbrush or a cat litter or took meds or replaced car tires or called in sick for work, uh, replaced batteries in the trackpad, sprayed pesticide around the house, drained a jacuzzi or got speeding tickets. Anything you would want to know? Uh, when is the last time I did that? Hmm. Killer app that works flawlessly. I've used it daily for a couple of years, at least highly recommend it. Regards, Keith W. Well, thanks, Keith, for the heads up on that. For a Kickstarter project, this time we have one that just launched. It is called Recondo, R-E-C-O-N-D-O, and it is an iPhone 6, and they also have an iPhone 6 Plus version case with extra storage for your earbuds or your charging cable or more. This one has a goal, a modest goal of $8,000, and they have until July 12th at 12 a.m. Central Time to get this one funded. Depending on when you hear this and when you check, it will either be $9 or $10 for the cheapest version, as there's still some $9 versions left. Then pricing goes up from there for different versions, including a wood version for $58 for the 6 Plus. Essentially, what they did is make a case that's very curved around the back, that's where the extra storage comes in, and it makes it much thicker in your pocket, but it does not look too thick. Uh, again, if you're looking for something where you get some extra storage with your iPhone, this case looks like a nice solution. There's been some others that have done case with storage um, options. If you are interested in this one, search for Recondo at kickstarter.com or in the show notes for episode 350 at todayinios.com. Looks like Apple is no longer selling subsidized iPhones uh, to AT&T customers on two-year contracts. This means all AT&T iPhones sold at Apple stores and online will be using AT&T Next program. Guessing that this will mean if you are someone that has been grandfathered into or, or for your iPhone all these years, uh, well, and you're planning on getting a new iPhone on launch day this year, your only option will be at the AT&T store, not the Apple store. It also looks like Verizon may be following suit and will be dropping their two-year contract program at the Apple stores by the end of the summer and likely before the next iPhone launches. More on this as we get closer to the likely September launch of the next iPhone. Back into the email bag. Hi, Rob. I was just listening to episode 348, and I thought of something that might be useful in reference to the guy who bought too small version of the watch. You can see the actual size image of the cases in the Apple Store app. Just browse the watches, pick any model, tap buy now, and near the bottom of the screen, you can tap compare case sizes and get a good idea on how it'll look. Use your iPhone instead of an iPad and you can hold it right up to your wrist and see. This might be useful for those that don't live near an Apple store and can't travel that, don't want to travel that far. I don't have an Apple Watch currently, but I'm a new father this year and I've been trying to send secret signals to my wife that Apple Watch would be a nice Father's Day gift, assuming she gets the hint early enough. I left browser tabs open on Apple Watch sites. 
I loudly watch Apple watch YouTube videos near her. What else can I do, man? Regards, Barry, Rural Hall, North Carolina. Well, you could probably have her listen to the last couple of episodes of Today in iOS, and she would really get a bunch of Apple Watch info. In the Google Plus community from Kareem uh, was the following. Quote, Apple did not include its native reminders app, which perfectly integrates with Siri on the Apple Watch, but a third-party dev managed to do it and promptly named it Reminders Nano, and it has full Siri integration. Surprisingly, Apple approved it, and it sure saves them a lot of work. I've been testing it for a couple of days, and it's legit, unquote. So again, folks, check out Reminders Nano if you have an Apple Watch. Hi, Rob. Now that audiobooks are being moved to the iBooks app, do you know if this means we finally will be able to download audiobooks purchased from iCloud? Regards, Steve in Brisbane. Well, Steve, we can hope, but I wouldn't get up too much hope. Hey, Rob. This is Ken. Long-time listener, first-time caller. I just wanted to ask you about Siri. When using it in the car, in my... Uh, regular car, I ask Siri to place a telephone call, and sometimes she replies and says, okay, calling so-and-so on speaker. But with iOS 8.2, that never was the case. It would always be channeled through the Bluetooth. So now, I find it's a little bit of a hassle to remember to say, hey Siri, call so-and-so on Bluetooth. I always forget. And sometimes in my regular car, it tells me it's only going to go on to the speaker, or it just doesn't tell me that it's going to go on to the speaker. It will go through the Bluetooth system. And for work, when I visit different cities and I'm in the rental car, this so far has not been an issue. I find um, that I'm not using the Hey Siri function. Uh, I don't have it plugged in, but I use my uh, thumb and hold over the home button and I hold it. And then I let go when I finish my dictation. I will ask Siri to place a call to so-and-so. For example, call my wife and I let go. And then the car's Bluetooth system will just take over and channel it through Bluetooth. Today, this was done in a Subaru vehicle. And the vehicle I have regularly at home is a Honda. I have the uh, Honda Odyssey minivan. Please share your experience with me or uh, put a shout out to all the listeners and are other people experiencing the same thing? If yes, is there a fix or is there a way around it that whenever we ask Siri or make a voice dictation to place a telephone call, will it always permanently go to Bluetooth rather than just go over the speaker? As the call is being placed on speaker, I have to take my eyes off the road. I have to press the speaker icon and then press Bluetooth. All right, Rob, thanks very much, and I'll talk to you soon. Oh, hey, Rob. It's Ken Kong again. By the way, when I ask Siri to place a call, and she does it and places it over the speaker, rather than going through the Bluetooth like she always used to do, that's one to let you know I'm now on iOS 8.3. And this has only started to occur when 8.3 was installed. Prior to that, never, never occurred. All right. Please share your thoughts. Look forward to hearing your, your answer or if any other listeners have similar experiences. And hopefully there's a fix. Cheers. Ken, thanks for the question. And I really don't have an answer there. I, 
my thought was that it's always supposed to default to Bluetooth if Bluetooth is connected. If anyone has any experience on this, any has anyone has any ideas or thoughts for Ken, please give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG, or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. From our Google Plus community was this post from Danielle Soul, who she wrote, Can't believe I've only just found out there's an Apple Watch app to control the Nest thermostat. It's control for Nest, K-O-N-T-R-O-L for Nest, F-O-R. And this is an iPhone app UI. It's also way nicer than the regular Nest app. Found out courtesy of my recent Apple specialist session, which was excellent even though I'd already been using the watch for a while. Highly recommend it if you get the opportunity, unquote. Well, thanks, Danielle, for the post. And of course, links in the show notes over at todayinios.com for that app and any other app mentioned on today's show. Thanks again to Harry's for sponsoring this episode. And please go to harrys.com now and save $5 off when you enter the promo code TII with your first purchase. That is harrys.com and enter promo code TII at checkout to save $5 and start shaving better today. Or, well, at least as soon as you get your new shave kit or... You get your new shave kit sent to your dad. Don't forget your dads, folks. And there's a very special Father's Day shave kit available for you right now at harrys.com. And again, use promo code TII to save $5 off that shave kit. Before we go today, I want to remind you to send in your feedback to the show, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Or record your feedback and email to the show at todayinios at gmail.com. Feedback can be a question or comment for something someone said on this episode, or it can be a question or rant you have about something else, an app or a product review, good or bad, as long as it's iOS related, it is welcomed. I am always looking for new artwork to feature that you have created on an iOS device. Just put some TII branding on it and send it in. And of course, we are always looking for more music created on an iOS device to play at the end of the episodes. It's your show and your feedback is greatly desired. And don't forget to check out our moderated Google Plus community by going to todayinios.com slash community. And finally, there is the TII app, which is now free to you. Search for TII in the iTunes App Store. It is the best way to consume the show and to get push notifications each time a new episode of TII is released. Please go right now and download the TII app. And did I mention it's free? And that, folks, is going to do it for us today. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, from Today in iOS, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I.